And we are back once again. Anytime you want to get in contact, www.insurancecalculator.ca. We're going to talk about that very shortly. This is a very cool app, a very cool website, which can help you. If you're trying to, uh, well, basically look at what uh, what you're looking at as far as compensation goes for your injuries exactly. or workplace and stuff like that, right? That's but right. We'll, uh, what we always do, uh, Savan, other than give the number out, which is 416-216-5910 to get a hold of you anytime. Uh, let's talk about the week that was. Well, John, it was uh, a very eventful week, as, mm-hmm. uh, as always. Uh, our firm doesn't seem to be slowing down, and it seems like uh, you know the, the more we do these radio shows, the more people call us with questions. Uh, and and you know it, it's good that they do, and it's good that callers out there, uh, you know, even if they have cases ongoing with other lawyers, and they just want to check certain things that are happening sure. with their cases, that they come to us and ask questions because a lot of times. Uh, the answers they get uh, really open their eyes. So let me tell you about a couple of cases that uh, that happened. Uh, one was a gentleman who actually went to uh, uh, one of our websites, question website, mydisabilityquestions.com, mm-hmm. and uh, typed in a question about a uh, a fall that he had outside uh, on on a, on a parking lot, and uh, he, he injured his his face. Uh, he actually almost lost his eye. Uh, but Ugh. you know, I met I met with this gentleman this week. And, uh, you know, spoke with him at length and at the end concluded that although he was entitled to compensation, it would make more sense for him uh, to do it by himself because the amount that we were talking about wasn't that great. And so, you know, John, unlike many other lawyers and law firms, it's not all about us, us, us and, you know, the lawyer who wants to make a buck or two off of every individual. Sometimes it makes sense for people to just do things on their own. So I give him some advice. I explained to him the process and uh, he went on his way. But just before he left, uh, very, very thankful, except very, very nice gentleman, very smart guy. Uh, He told me about uh, a friend of his who has a fairly large claim that's ongoing right now, a fairly significant injury. I won't go into the details, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll tell you it's a very significant injury. They are with a law firm in Toronto and they were told, now get this, John, they were told that there is no way this case will settle uh, less than three years from when they started that case. In other words, three-year minimum. The law firm told them that. The law firm okay. told them that. And, and, you know, we've talked a lot uh, on this show, and I, I get a lot of uh, calls on a weekly basis and emails from frustrated individuals who mm-hmm. say that, look, we've started a claim, or, you know, I had an accident last year, I went to a lawyer or a paralegal, nothing is going on. Nothing stagnating. seems to be stagnating. No one is returning my calls. And here you have this person who's telling me that his friend was told that it's a three-year minimum wait before you even uh, are able to look at resolution. That is absolute nonsense. If you are moving the claim correctly through the through the process, mm-hmm. you can resolve these types of claims from anywhere from a few months to at most a year and a half or two years. Now, there are exceptions, of course, just like with every type of yep. case, uh, there are exceptions. And you know the exception to generally see is when you have someone Uh, who's involved in an accident, but there are multiple parties. Uh, So, for example, let's say you've had uh, two or three car accidents. You know, we're dealing with multiple lawyers, multiple Mm -hmm. insurance companies. Maybe you're dealing with a case involving an injured child. In that case, you may need to give it some time, you know, a few years at least to see how the injuries affect the child. But when you have an adult and when you have someone where, you know, the injuries are clear, they're objective. Pretty cut and dry, right? It's cut and dry. I'm not saying it's going to resolve overnight, but to say that this case will not resolve uh, uh, in a minimum three years from now, uh, that's just nonsense. And, And, you know, for everyone out there who's going through this, just understand that uh, uh, these cases, oftentimes, if they are prolonged, it's usually because the lawyers are just not moving the cases along. 
You know, it's funny. That firm tells them minimum three. Whatever their maximum would have been. Oh, boy. You know, listen, I've seen cases that have gone on for easily over 10 years. And and remember, I used to do defense work for insurance companies. And, and, you know, insurance companies, contrary to the belief of many, they want to resolve claims. They will will put up a fight because they don't want to pay much, uh, if anything, but they want to resolve claims. So oftentimes the insurance companies will exert pressure on the defense lawyer to try and get a claim resolved. You know, John, you know how many times as a defense lawyer I was told by the adjuster that I was reporting to, my, my client, insurance company, I was told, talk to the plaintiff's lawyer, the claimant's okay. lawyer, and get a proposal for settlement. Get, get this. moving. The insurance company is asking the lawyer representing the injured person for a proposal. And, you know, I would call these lawyers, a lot of them, and I would get nothing in return or I would get delay upon delay and I would have to push them. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, again, I don't want to paint everyone with the same brush. You have some fantastic lawyers out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are some top-notch firms uh, throughout the GTA, throughout the province that are, are just amazing to deal with. Uh, but generally speaking, unfortunately, uh, there is a reason why a lot of personal injury lawyers or, or the profession as a whole has the reputation it does. Being ambulance chasers, right? Yeah, the old, and, the and, old adage, right? and it's unfortunate, yep, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you see the ads everywhere, you see the billboards, you see you know all that kind of stuff, and and it's unfortunate because you know you have really high quality people in this profession, and, and you know if you met them and you had to talk with them for five minutes, you'd say, wow, you know, not all lawyers are alike. All right, what else you got for me? All right, so I have another case, and this is a case that. Um, has been ongoing for, for a little while, uh, certainly not three years, John, but a little while. <laughs> no. And it's a bit different, and this is the reason I wanted to talk about it. Uh, it's actually a travel insurance case. Okay. Now, earlier this week, I was, uh, I was giving a speech at the Medical Legal Society of Toronto, right. where you have a lot of uh, really senior lawyers and, uh, and doctors across the, the province and the GTA uh, get together and, and talk about various interesting cases and various interesting issues. And so I, would giving, uh, I was giving a talk about that $1 million baby case that I'm dealing with in Saskatchewan. Right. Remember the lady who was giving oh, yeah. birth uh, in mm-hmm. Hawaii? A uh, million dollars uh, worth of expenses. And so I concluded the speech by talking about a current case that I'm currently handling, and we are very, very close to resolving it. Okay. And it's a case that involves uh, an elderly uh, Greek gentleman uh, who traveled to Greece uh, periodically. This was uh, back in 2013. Uh, and uh, in any event, he purchased his flight to Greece. He traveled there to Athens, mm-hmm. uh, and he started having some, uh, some issues, some health issues. And he was admitted to hospital. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, uh, you know, he, he bought travel insurance, fortunately, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, his condition was deteriorating. So his daughter called the insurance company to notify them about the situation, right? Because yep. somebody's going to have to pay the hospital. Uh, well, it, he had to undergo brain surgery. They had to drain cranial fluid. But in the process, they found out that he had a tumor, an inoperable tumor. Now, the family, of course, is freaking out. They're in constant communication with the insurance adjuster. Uh, and uh, the insurance adjuster is telling them, listen, we need to get the family doctor's records. We need to, we need to review all of his pre-accident gotcha. records to see uh, if everything he told us. Just uh, hang on to it. I want to find out what happens. I want to find the resolution. Absolutely. We're keeping you hanging until uh, after a short break. In the meantime, 416-216-5910, Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And as always, you can check out 
www.injurycalculator.ca. More on the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Coming up, Talk Radio, AM640. And we are back. Anytime you need to get a hold of Savannah, you can do so at 416-216-5910. Insuranceandinjurylaw.com is the website. So, uh, yeah, we had this uh, this client of yours who uh, took a trip over to Greece, gets into some health issues, and uh, they discover more than he bargained for, really, right? Right. They discover okay. he has a tumor, and the family then is in contact with the family back home here in Toronto uh, with with the, uh, the travel insurance company uh, who are supposed to pay for the expenses, right, that they purchase protection for yep. in Greece. And of course, the insurance company says, well, wait a second, we want to review the family doctor's records. We want to see if the health questionnaire that he had filled out before he left for Greece, when he took out the insurance, if it's all accurate. Insurance companies yeah. do this quite often, right? They're trying to see if they can find uh, something that they can hang their hat on to say, look, you didn't tell us about this health condition or this uh, issue before you left uh, on the application. Therefore, we're denying coverage. Yep. Uh, so in any event... At some point after they review all the records, uh, they tell the daughter, the adjuster tells the daughter uh, that there may have been an issue with, uh, with, with this gentleman answering on the questionnaire, uh, an answer to the question of whether or not he, had, uh, he was treated for diabetes in the 24 months prior to taking the policy. Okay. Now keep in mind, this gentleman is in Athens having uh, uh, brain surgery yeah. and they have a tumor discovered. What, what, you know, what does... Uh, diabetes, diabetes have to do with the exactly. price of eggs. Yeah. But in any event, they mention that, but nothing else is mentioned. So, so let's fast track. The insurance company then says, listen, we realize this is a serious situation. We're going to fly a doctor over there to Athens. Uh, he, he's going to take, uh, take care of this gentleman. He's going to bring him back here with an air ambulance. So the insurance company is organizing all of this, but they're telling the family to pay for those expenses Oof. in order to expedite everything. So they do that. The gentleman comes back to Canada. Unfortunately, 10 days after he comes back, he passes away. Come on. He passes away. Now, John, a year later, a year later, after the family submitted a request for reimbursement of over $80,000 involved with all of these uh, uh, steps that they were taking. Did the insurance company tell them to do that? They told them okay. to do absolutely everything. Right. They, they, they didn't tell. They arranged for everything, for right. the air ambulance, for the doctor to fly, for everything else. Insurance company says, well, remember that uh, little question we mentioned to you uh, on the phone a while back about, about the diabetes? diabetes. Uh, you know, he, he, he put no there, and it really should have been yes. We're, we're, we're not covering the entire claim. For sure. Of course they will. And, and here's the thing. This family went to a few lawyers before they got to me on a recommendation of someone and every lawyer correctly told them, look, there was a misrepresentation. The contract is void because he gave them the wrong information. But something didn't sit right. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me that this family who was, who was following uh, what the insurance company was instructing them to do yeah. the entire time. And keep in mind, at no point through emails, through letters, at no point is the insurance company actually telling them that even though we're asking you to pay for all of these services, we are not going to reimburse you. They've never said that. And insurance companies, oftentimes, for anyone who's had issues with insurance companies, they will send you a letter called a reservation of rights uh, letter. And, and what that is, is it's a, it's a very simple letter that says that we reserve our right to either void the policy or not pay you or something to that effect if we find out that there was a non-disclosure or a misrepresentation. They didn't do it in this case. So the assumption right away is that they will be reimbursed. Th- that's the assumption the family had. It was a okay. reasonable assumption because they were never told that they would right. not be reimbursed. Okay. They, would simply say, they, w- they were told, pay for everything because it's going to expedite the process. So long story short, they came to me. I looked at the, the case and I said, no, something doesn't sit right. Uh, you know, Obviously, you guys were under a reasonable assumption here that you were going to get reimbursed. We started a claim. 
we didn't get, I would tell you, even to the halfway through the, the, the claims process uh, when, when the defense lawyer appointed by the insurance company yep. called me up and says, uh, let's, let's negotiate. Let's see if we, you know, we, we still believe that we were right in denying the claim because there was a misrepresentation, but you know what? Let's negotiate. Well, what does that tell you, John? It tells you that insurance companies understand it's a poker game, right? They'll deny the claim if there is an insurance lawyer on the other side. In other words, if the person that is making the claim goes to an insurance lawyer that knows what he or she is doing, and if that person starts a claim, most likely there is going to be some kind of a resolution down They'll the see road. if they take the bait, right? They're, they're, they're counting on someone going, oh, forget it. We're not going to get covered. You got it. You know, we exactly should have put diabetes that. on the form. Because most times people will just back off and they'll say, okay, yeah. well, what can we do? We can't go against uh, this Goliath. And in this case, they did. Can I tell you that they settled for 100 cents on the dollar? No, I can't tell you that because there are risks to every claim. Mm-hmm. But trust me when I tell you that they have a lot more than the zero dollars they were initially offered. Let's get into this. I mentioned at the, uh, the top of the show, this is injurycalculator.ca. I love this website. Tell me about it. John, this is an absolutely fantastic tool, and it's a tool that's now been used uh, quite, uh, quite widely uh, since we launched it a few weeks back. Uh, so what, what, what this is really is it's a very simple uh, uh, tool on, on, on our website, on injurycalculator.ca, where you can go and within about 30 seconds figure out uh, what kind of compensation you are looking at uh, for your pain and suffering for an injury you've suffered. So it allows you to put in, uh, you know, w- where you were injured. So let's say Toronto, Richmond Hill, Barrie, Ottawa, wherever. Uh, you put in the date. Uh, you put in your age. What is your primary injury? Sometimes there's a follow-up question. So, for mm-hmm. example, if you say the injury is your knee, it asks you, is it a tear? Is it, you know, a sprain? Is it a fracture? You put that in as well. It, it, these are just drop-down menus. Very, yep. very simple. And when you go through the process, answer all the questions, again, 30 seconds, anonymous, you click on it, it tells you exactly what Canadian case law, in other words, what what courts in the past have said that that kind of an injury in your circumstances uh, could be valued at. So you're not just picking numbers out of the sky, there's there's previous case law, a lot of due diligence here before it was even run. Absolutely. And my my team went through a lot of cases, I mean, literally thousands of cases through various databases to try and figure out these ranges. And this is something that many lawyers are are really uh, hesitant uh, in, in telling their clients or prospective clients, here's what you could potentially get. Again, keep in mind, every case is unique. And this calculator really focuses on the pain and suffering. It doesn't deal with, well, what happens if you can't work? That's separate. But for your pain and suffering, this will give you an instantaneous answer on what case law in Canada says about your injury. I want to put it to the test. Go through an example uh, when we come back sure. again. Injurycalculator.ca is the website. Hang on. We'll, uh, we'll get to that as well. Savannah's number 416-216-5910. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca for email as well. Lots more of the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM640. 416-216-5910. That is Savannah's number. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And I know you mentioned before we get to more of the uh, the injury calculator that they can also go to mydisabilityquestions.com or myaccidentquestions.com if they have questions about accidents and disabilities. There's usually examples, uh, questions other people have asked. You might even find your answer right away before you have to ask it. Exactly. Right? So. There's an archive there is what I'm trying to say. Now, injurycalculator.ca, uh, this gives you a nice ballpark range of what your particular injury uh, may be worth in dollar value. As you said, every case is individual and every case is its own. But uh, let's go through one, give a few examples. Okay, let's try this Run one. the so program, man. I'm running it. So I'm on the website and uh, I'm clicking on accident date. So I'm putting January 30th, 2015. Accident location, let's put Toronto. How old are you? Let's say 43. Liar. Uh, <laughs> Come on, John. Uh, what was the cause of the injury? Uh, I'll put car accident, and who was at fault? Someone else. 
Did the injury affect your income? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did it affect your income? Well, I'm having difficulty uh, working now uh, full-time Now, that's hours. a drop-down menu as well. It does, absolutely. Cool. Okay. Uh, then it takes me into the section of, of, uh, of injury categories. Uh, so let's say we're dealing with, uh, with injury um, to, let's say, uh, what would you like to choose? Neck. Let's say neck. Okay. Neck is good. Oh, okay. Always get Fantastic. a whiplash or something, right? Let's do that. So I did okay. neck. Uh, and the second question is, it's asking me if it was a sprain, strain, or bruising, or if it's a fracture. We'll say a sprain. A sprain. Okay. Yeah. Clicked on that. It's asking me if uh, if we're suffering, if you're suffering from severe chronic pain. Yes. Yes. Okay. Incidentally, that's a very common uh, mm-hmm. thing that I see in car accident victims, unfortunately, that they have this ongoing chronic pain in their back, in their neck. Very, very common. Uh, then there is, of course, a notice that tells you that every case is unique. Uh, and then you click yes on that, uh, that you want to proceed. And it tells you, according to our survey of Canadian cases, yes. you may be entitled to 40000 to $80,000 for your pain and suffering. Okay, describe that window. All right, so that window depends on, of course... Uh, how it affects your function. It depends on whether or not you're having difficulty working or doing housework. Clearly, the injuries that impair your functionality more than others uh, are going to be worth more money, right? So, so if you're someone that uh, you know can withstand the pain and you can go to work full-time hours in pain, uh, you're going to be awarded less pain and suffering uh, damages yes. than, than someone who uh, has, is having difficulty working and can't work, has to go to modified hours or part-time hours or can't work at all. So clearly, the more injured you are, the more the injury affects you, the more the value of your claim is. But again, the reason that range is there is because every case is unique. You got it. And again, keep in mind, this is forty to 80000 for your pain and suffering. If you are now unable to work or have difficulty earning the overtime you did before the accident, or maybe you work two jobs and now you only work one, and income loss, that's a different thing altogether, completely. That's usually what shoots up these claims into the six-figure, potentially seven-figure range. Now, once you get this information, there's a way they can click through and contact you directly. Absolutely. At the bottom there, you can submit for a free uh, comprehensive consultation. Again, website is completely free. It's the first of its kind in Canada. Uh, It's something that no other lawyer has done, and it is accurate. It's just nice to get a ballpark, right? Yeah. When you're looking, before you've even gone through the sure. entire legal process to say, I wonder what this is worth. Click well, on it and punch it through and say, oh, okay, there we are. Well, you know how many times, John, people come to me and they say, you know, I have this ache in my back, but I just, I never even thought about, you know, going to a lawyer and finding out whether or not I can do something right. about it. You know, what am I going to get? $2,000, 5000 No, listen, you're not going to get the millions of dollars unless you have very, very severe injuries, paralysis, brain injury, things like that. Uh, but you know, this tool will allow you to not have to call a lawyer, not have to uh, go to a law office, but just from your home or from your mobile device, figure out how much you or your loved one or your friend, if they were injured Mm -hmm. through no fault of their own, how much they could be expecting uh, as a dollar value for their pain and suffering. Injurycalculator.ca is that website. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca. If you want to send us an email like Jason from uh, Toronto, as a matter of fact, says I've been on long-term disability now for a year due to fibromyalgia and advanced arthritis. 52 years old, says for the last couple of months, my adjuster has been harassing me to try and go back to work, but I can't sit and stand for more than 10 minutes without pain. And my doctor wrote several reports saying that I can't work. It's extremely stressful. What can I do to make them stop harassing me? This is common, right? This is extremely common. And, and Jason, I'll tell you right now, give me a call because one letter from me is going to stop them harassing you. It's very common because insurance companies uh, really have uh, an incentive to get you back to work. Whether they do it nicely or they harass you, uh, they will try a variety of things. If your doctors are supporting your disability, then you have a right to be off work and to get LTD payments, long-term disability payments. I mean, this is what 
this is why the premiums were paid to the insurance company right. in the first place. You know, John, how many times people call me and when I take over a particular situation, a case, uh, you know, they, they are, when we finish the meeting, they don't care so much about what I tell them in terms of the resolution of the case as much as the fact that they don't have to do with the adjuster anymore, yeah. that it's my office, because it's my one, team. Because you said off the top there, once a letter from you, and now I'm, if I'm the person, I'm no longer being they contacted. They have to communicate right. with me. That's they that's cannot the part. Go, it's the best part. People have difficulty sleeping after after they, they get a call from the adjuster or a letter or an email. Uh, they, they you know it, it, it actually works against uh, their their uh, efforts to try and get better and get back to work. You know, just this morning I, I got a uh, an email from a gentleman that I'm conversing with. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's just coming to me for extra help. I'm not actually retained, but of course, you know, my the, the way I operate is that if I can give you uh, the free advice, I'll give you the free advice. I'll give you it costs me nothing. Yeah, and it. I did that. And he's yeah. asking me a few questions about that uh, about his case, and and I've told him you should do this, you should do that. You know, generally speaking, that's not the way we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to get retained formally, but oftentimes, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if I can help you uh, resolve your issue on your own, uh, then that's great. You don't have to pay me. God knows we have enough work at the office. Uh, th- and you know what? You'll come to me when you really do have. That's an the issue. thing, right? You know, if you got a, if you got oh, a yeah. friend now, they're going to remember that you were uh, you were the guy. Giving oh, absolutely, some and that's and happened quite a few times. It's called yeah. spend a buck to make ten, my friend. There you go. It's there old school. It's easy for us. Yeah, of course it you is. Know? It's a quick answer. Take a short break. In the meantime, the uh, email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Savan's number is 416-216-5910. Check out injurycalculator.ca as well. More of the show, insurance and injury law, coming up right here on Talk Radio, AM 640. To get a hold of Savan, very easy, 416-216-5910. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca and check out injurycalculator.ca as well. Uh, let's talk about some long-term disability here because sure. I know it's something we get a lot of phone calls and like we got emails like we did there just a short time ago from, from Jason. So uh, let me ask you this. When someone calls you up and tell you that they have a uh, or they're having difficulties with their long-term disability insurer, the insurer now, how do you know if they have a case? Well, typically there's a few questions that I ask, uh, one of which is what is your disability? Uh, is it psychological? Uh, is it physical? Is it a mixed uh, and by the way, just for listeners out there, you know, you can be disabled psychologically, physically, and because of both of them together. Right. There's a misconception out there that it's just a physical disability that will allow you to claim LTD. That's incorrect. As long as you have a physician, uh, usually a, a, a treating physician, a specialist perhaps, a psychologist or a neurologist, someone like that, uh, and generally together with the family doctor who support your disability, who say that you cannot do your work, then you do qualify for LTD, so long as obviously you have LTD that's available to you. Okay, okay. that's very important. You can't right. apply for it if it's not available to you. And usually either you would have paid for it uh, or your employer would have paid for it or there would have been a mixed payment. Uh, so, so that's what I ask for. I, I want to know exactly the nature of the disability, how long it's been going on, what is the prognosis, and, and that's it. And, and you know, oftentimes when, when I get uh, people who call me and, and, or email me and they say that, they've been denied by their insurer, the first thing I want to know is, uh, other than these questions, is I, I would like to see the letter of denial. I'd like to know what really? is the basis. Okay. I'd like to, I, I actually want to see what, what is the insurance company adjuster saying uh, that is the basis for why they are denying the claim. And oftentimes, uh, the generic line that I get or generic uh, um, uh, argument from the insurance company is, the medical documents we have on file do not support right. uh, total disability. Come on. When I have uh, multiple physicians and specialists saying this person can't work because of X, Y, and Z, who are you to say that this person that they're all wrong and this person can in fact go back to work? You know. So absent anything that will change my mind, I will tell you in that circumstance that you have a case. 
If uh, someone's a long-term LTD and their insurer says that they have to try a return-to-work program, got to go out there and try, do, you, do they have to do it? No. No, they don't. It dep- and, and by the way, I have a client right now that is in that position. And, and at the end of the day, it comes down to uh, whether or not the person is able to try to go back to work. I mean, again, keep in mind, some people heal better than others, faster than others. And it, it depends on whether or not you feel that you can do it. I mean, if, if trying to go back to work is going to put you back five steps, what is the point? Yeah. So what I tell people when, when we're faced with this kind of a situation is, first of all, I ask them, do you feel like you can try return back to work? Even, you know, very, very gradually. I mean, the insurance company will... Modify duties, you modify mean, or duties, something like that? Modified yeah. hours, part-time hours. So, so, so I tell them, first of all, are you comfortable trying this, number one? Number two, do your doctors support you trying this? And if the answer is no to either of these questions, I communicate with the insurance company and tell them, no, this person is unable at this point to try to go back to work. I mean, clearly, if you try to go back to work... And, and you can't uh, return back to work, then the insurance company will simply leave you alone uh, for the most part for a while. But at some point, they're going to come back again and say, let's try again. Again, there's nothing wrong with the insurance company asking you to try to go back to work. I mean, that just makes sense, right? Absolutely. Right. But the question is, can you actually go back? Or is it going to do more damage? Are you comfortable with it physically, mentally? Are your physicians comfortable with that? And that's really the question. So if your physician says to you, well, you might be able to, you can try, does that look good for your claim if you actually made the attempt to go back to your, to your employer and say, look, man, I try, but I can't do this? Absolutely. And this is across the board for any type of a, of a disability claim, whether it's a personal injury uh, uh, claim that you have. Uh, I mean, we spoke about that, I think, uh, either last show or, or two shows ago, mm-hmm. uh, that there is, again, this misconception out there. A lot of lawyers and paralegals who tell their clients, don't go to work. You know, you're injured, you're, you're disabled. If you go back to work, your claim is going to be worth a fraction of what it's worth. I'll tell you, as a, as a former defense lawyer, uh, if I had a claim come across my desk and I'm seeing that the claimant was injured and tried to go back to work but failed, so they went back a day, two days, three days, but they weren't able to, and this was all documented by the employer, by the disability insurer, I'm going to believe that person much more than I would someone who has been off work uh, because of back pains for the last two years with no attempts whatsoever at going back to work. Mm -hmm. It's simply common sense. If you were a judge and you saw two people in two separate cases, one saying, I've tried five times to go back to work, and you know what? I'm just, I'm not ready. It's just not not, happening. It's not happening, and it's making me worse versus another person, uh, the other case where the person hasn't even tried once. Which one are you going to find more credible? Now, again, keep in mind, I'm saying that you should try to go back to work if, in fact, you feel that you can. Right. If your physicians are saying that you you should try, or you know yeah. we we agree that it's it's time for you to try, uh, don't don't do it against don't medical be a advice. Hero. Yeah. Don't be a hero. In fact, I had people who they weren't being heroes, but they had financial realities. They went back to work against medical advice, and oh boy, I mean, you know, within a few months they stopped working altogether. And what happens to them as far as the insurer is concerned? Well, it, it works in their favor in a major way from a claim standpoint because, look, you have this person who even against their own doctor's advice went back to work. So yeah. holy cow. I mean, you have someone who's really determined to try and get back on their feet. Right. But from, from a purely medical standpoint, which again- it can John, set you back, it's, right? Yeah, it's not all yeah. about dollars and cents. I mean, listen to your body. If your body tells you you shouldn't go, your doctors are telling you you shouldn't go back to work at this point, listen to them. Mm-hmm. You're just going to make things worse. We'll take a short break. 416-216-5910. Keep that number. It's the way you get a hold of Savannah anytime. You can go to help at theinsurancelawyer.ca and check out this website, www.injurycalculator.com. 
Insurance.ca. More of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming up right here on Talk Radio, AM 640. And back at it anytime, the number you should have with you, 416-216-5910. To get hold of Savan, you can go to help at theinsurancelawyer.ca for email. And the website is injurycalculator.ca. We're talking about long-term disability, some questions I was throwing at you. How about this one? The, the, uh, the insurer denies a claim, all right, but they tell the disabled person, oh, you, you can appeal the decision. Go ahead and appeal it. First of all, why and should they? John, you've done this show long enough now with me. What's the answer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, yeah. Yes. Should. Right, right. Uh, the answer is a resounding no. no. Do not no. appeal these decisions. Uh, I mean, you can, uh, but you're just going to prolong the process. Uh, it's extremely rare in my experience to have a long-term disability insurer reverse their decision once they've told you that they're denying coverage. It's a waste of time. And in fact, not only is it a waste of time, mm. Uh, there's been situations where uh, the insurance company is denying. Uh, then they tell you, okay, appeal. So the person, you know, appeals. Then they say, no, we're denying again. Appeal for a second time. They appeal for a second time. Meanwhile, the Just t- toying the, with them. Toying with them. The claims process is dragged on to the point where it's now two years later. And guess what? Then the person exacerbated in significant financial hardship. The family, you know, has to remortgage. The person comes to the lawyer. And uh, the lawyer then starts a claim against the insurance company. And what does the insurance company say? You're out of time Mm -hmm. to start a claim against us because guess what? The limitation period for you to do that started from the first denial. Of course, the courts have been uh, harsh on insurance companies. They've said, no, that's not the case. Uh, But, you know, legalistics aside, you're not going to get anywhere. The same people who are denying your claim for the first time, them and their colleagues are going to be looking at the appeal. So what do you think is going to happen? It's a waste of time. If you are denied the long-term disability claim, what do you, you do? call a disability yes. lawyer, an insurance lawyer. There's no questions. There's no what's, ifs, buts, whatever, nothing. You, you immediately call that lawyer. And, and listen, and when people call me up, within about five minutes on the phone, I, I tell the people if they, have, if they have a claim or not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I need some more information, but generally speaking, it's, this is not rocket science for us. Insurance companies are simply betting on them denying the claim and you walking away. And frankly, most people, that's what they do. So on average, out of about 10 claims, that this, the, the 10 cases where this happens, they say, you know, you can appeal the decision and you, they get a hold of you and you go after them. How many times out of 10 do they have, actually have a claim? Nine. No kidding. Yeah. Because people are not going to be on disability and then uh, looking at a device from a lawyer, uh, in my experience at least, after they've been denied, if in fact they're disabled. Listen, if somebody is not really disabled, uh, if the insurance company cuts them off, they just make the calculation, well, I'm not really that disabled. I can go back to work. I'm not going to go to a lawyer. That's what usually happens. People who are really legitimately unable to work because of a disability go as far as contacting a disability yeah. insurance lawyer. Generally, there is a reason for that. And this is why I'm telling you that it's 9 out of 10. The only time really, the times that I see where uh, it makes no sense for them to continue is, is if uh, the, 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 the disability is really minor in nature, right. but so minor that... It's not worth it, right? It's not going to be worth it. Like, yeah. Let's say they've been paid up until the, uh, almost the two-year mark, right? And after two years, you have to show that you're disabled from doing any job, not just your job, just right. any job. Uh, and really, they'll tell you, no, I can do some other job. I just can't do my job. Well, if there's a month left on the, you know, the two-year mark, it makes no sense for you to start a claim. But generally speaking, when I'm meeting with people and speaking with people, it's people who say, listen, I'm unable to do anything at this point. I'm still recovering. 416-216-5910. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And check out injurycalculator.ca to see what your particular injury uh, may be worth in dollar value. Now, once you're, uh, you're on long-term disability, 
Do you have to keep providing insurance company with metal documents all the time? You do. They will ask you for updates. They will uh, want to contact your doctors. Uh, I mean, again, it's not rocket science. Insurance companies who are paying you these benefits uh, are entitled to these. But sometimes it gets to the point where it's almost harassment. And sometimes they'll ask you for so many documents and harass your doctors. And I've even seen cases where the insurance company will contact the doctor and pressure the doctor you know, in in a way to say that you are able to at least try to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Very, very inappropriate. It's almost never done when there is a lawyer involved. How far can they go back? How far do you let them go back? Generally speaking, when I give medical documents to the, to the uh, insurance company, it's from the time the disability arose. So they're going back. We'd like five years previous history. I'm not going to give them five years. Yeah, you don't have to. That's legally. interesting, though, that you asked it because the gentleman I told you that I spoke with this week, the one who fell on the parking lot mm-hmm. and almost lost his eye, one of the reasons he contacted me is because uh, he's dealing with the insurance company directly, and they ask him for a blanket authorization to release all of his medical documents. This gentleman is almost seventy, uh, is over seventy years old. Can you imagine? They want access to all of his medical records. Complete nonsense. They're not entitled to that. No judge would ever allow them to get all these documents. We see back here in 1943 when they were born. (laughs) A quick email. We'll get to part of this anyway before we uh, take a break. Justin from North York emails in help at the insurance lawyer. My son is 23 years old and was in a car accident two months ago. Two months. He had a paralegal handling his accident benefits claim, and she said that at some point she'll refer him to a lawyer for his tort claim. Uh, what does that mean? First of all, he worked full-time as a mechanic and has only been able to come back to work part-time because of his back pain. So paralegal and tort. Right. Okay, so we spoke about that as well a few shows ago. Yep. And, uh, Justin, what this means is that uh, paralegals can do uh, the, the uh, first aspect of a claim like this, which is to deal with your own insurance company. Uh, they're not allowed to start a claim against whoever was at fault for the accident. That's what this paralegal is talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, my concern in these kinds of situations when you don't have paralegals and lawyers working in the same office is that the paralegal effectively is making a decision as to when that person needs to be referred to a lawyer. And here we have a situation, as Justin is, is writing, that uh, you know this person is working as a mechanic and is unable to go back full-time, which mm-hmm. means that there is a continuing income loss that is sustained here. There is no reason why this claim was not forwarded to the lawyer from day one. As soon as I see a claim where there is an income loss component that somebody has difficulty going back to work or, or can only go back part-time, I immediately notify whoever is at fault for the accident, get their insurance company involved. So, you know, very, very concerning that there is this disconnect here. Mm-hmm. But this is what it means. It means that effectively this claim is going to be hand- handled by two separate offices, I'm not in favor of that kind of a structure because then things generally or, or sometimes get lost in the shuffle, they right? do exactly, yeah. and, and yeah. The, you know there is no no the communication is not perfect or it's not as good as it would be if the people worked in the same Absolutely. office. 416-216-5910 is Savan's number. Help at the insurance lawyer.ca. Want to get a hold through email and anytime go to injurycalculator.ca and have a look at that as well. More of the insurance and injury law show coming up right here on Talk Radio AM 640. The phone number you can use outside of show hours is 416-216-5910. You can an email as well, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And we always encourage you to check out injurycalculator.ca as well. We're talking about uh, some questions about compensation for family members because I know this comes up all the time in your practice. Now, we've, we've talked about this before, but let's recap. Can people get compensation for or if someone in their family has been injured and what kind of compensation? Very good question. And it's a question that is uh, it's, it's an issue that's often, often overlooked by, uh, by many lawyers who handle these kinds of claims. Uh, and again, as a defense lawyer in the past, uh, I used to resolve a lot of cases for insurance companies. And I would see, you know, uh, daily 
uh, how in some claims that I would be resolving, the other lawyer that was representing the family uh, would simply miss uh, this aspect of the claim. Money left on the table. Money left on the table. And and, and here's the thing. Uh, Under the, the legislation, under the Family Law Act, I mean, people can Google this, Section 61, Family Law Act, Ontario, if someone is injured... Uh, their family members, son, daughter, mm-hmm. uh, sister, uh, brother, husband, wife, uh, they can make a claim for various expenses. Uh, the number one uh, um, t- t- type of claim that they can claim for is uh, for loss of care, guidance, and companionship. Well, what does that mean? It means that if I'm injured in an accident, uh, then my wife potentially has a claim for the fact that she doesn't have the same husband. Now, again, how much do you get for that claim? That's unique for every case. It depends. I mean, perhaps uh, because of the accident and what happened afterwards, we ended up getting divorced. Perhaps, you know, there is a huge uh, negative effect on my kids. They will then have claims. But there are other types of claims that they can claim for. Uh, For example, let's say that uh, because of the accident, John, uh, you know, your wife, God forbid, had an accident. Uh, You had to uh, take care of her. You had to take time off work and take care of her. Well, that time is compensable. Maybe you have to do more things around the house. Yes, as a good husband, you would, of course, do that anyway, but the law allows you to then recover for that. And that's something that many lawyers uh, out there, for whatever reason, are are not uh, adding to those claims. I had a, uh, I had an email a few uh, a few weeks ago from a gentleman who uh, who had a car accident uh, and and in fact uh, uh, has a lawyer it's up in uh, up in Barrie and that person after the accident uh, has had difficulty driving his car he's got a phobia and so he has uh, one of his adult kids who's now coming to his house uh, twice as driver as, as a driver mm-hmm. exactly for appointments and various things like that and they had no clue that they can actually recover for the mileage, for the gas, for the time. He just figures he's helping the old man out. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. But that case has been ongoing for a while, and, and those expenses may end up uh, you know, uh, running fairly, fairly large because this may be a long-standing thing, a long-term uh, expense that he may have to incur or, or a, a commitment. So again, very, very important for people to know that under the Family Law Act, Section 61, Family members are able to get compensation for a variety of things. It actually lists there the kind of things they can get. How do you uh, how do you put a dollar amount on that though? If you're someone who's injured, is there, is there forensics that are done to, to figure that out? It's or? a very good question. There there are a variety of, of of ways to do it. You can get experts to actually go in and uh, uh, which is what we do, by the way, on, on our claims. Uh, we make sure that we have someone who's very knowledgeable in this area. Uh, usually, somebody who's very well uh, apprised of. Uh, 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 physiotherapy uh, needs, uh, future care needs, housekeeping needs, things like that. And that person will go to the household, uh, will look to see if there's anything that, uh, any modifications that are required for the house, uh, what kind of help the person needs. And that person will give us a report that outlines what the market rates are. We give that then to an accountant who crunches the numbers. Again, we build up the case. That's the terminology in this field. We build up the case. Many lawyers out there, many law offices don't do that. And so what happens is that they lose all that money that otherwise they could have recovered for their clients. I want to run through this in our last minute here. I know we uh, we touched on it off the top of the show, but I want to go back through it again for people who miss it. Injurycalculator.ca. Give that to me one more time. So again, John, fantastic tool. Uh, it's a tool that uh, we created. Um, uh, it t- took us uh, quite a few months, uh, my team and I, to, to scour the various uh, uh, case law databases across the country. It allows people to uh, quickly, efficiently, uh, anonymously, literally within 30 seconds, put in some information on this website, and it will shoot out exactly what the range is for pain and suffering in dollar value that they can potentially get if they start a claim, in fact, against mm-hmm. uh, the individual or the entity, the corporation, whoever it is that caused them the injury.
So they just punched in a few key uh, pieces of information. They'll get a ballpark, right? They'll get a ballpark, exactly. And if they want uh, uh, a, a more specific uh, uh, assessment of their case, uh, especially one that takes uh, into account family members' uh, claims or, or income loss claims, by all means, you just click a button there. I get that. You get a call or an email uh, you know, within a few hours, and we will go through your case, and I'll tell you exactly what you can expect. That is injurycalculator.ca. There's other resources as well. You just want to send an email, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca to get hold of Savan. You can call him, 416-216-5910. And for a wealth of questions that possibly have been asked, can answer yours even without too much effort, go to mydisabilityquestions.com or myaccidentquestions.com as well. This has been the Insurance and Injury Law Show on Talk Radio, May. 640.